When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. Cinco Paul wrote Schmigadoon and Despicable Me, while Becca Brunstetter wrote For This Is Us. Now they come together at Olney Theater in Olney, Maryland for the new biblical musical AD 16 about a teenage Mary Magdalene falling in love with Jesus. Hi, I'm Cinco Paul. I'm the composer of the songs for AD 16. And I'm Becca Brunstetter, and I'm the book writer, sometimes called librettist, which just means I write the scenes. Yes, and you both, you, your reputations are, are amazing. In <laughs> Cinco, Paul, you, Despicable Me, and Schmigadoon, which was a big hit over the summer, and then Becca, of course, you know, writing for, for This Is Us. And um, so the combo of you two is something everyone's going to want to see here um, at Alney Theater Center. It's called AD. 16 uh as in you know the year of 16 after the birth of christ <laughs> explain the general premise here because it's a really it's a really cool one with uh, mary magdalene this all started in the mind of cinco cinco's beautiful mind so i think you should take that one all right how did this uh, come to your beautiful mind what was the genesis pun not intended <laughs> yeah uh well ad 16 is the story of teenage mary magdalene moving to nazareth next door to a family of carpenters and their son Jesus and she develops a crush on him and pursues him and learns a valuable lesson about love so it's teenage Mary Magdalene crushing on teenage Jesus it's it's a it's a really clever idea and we've seen something I mean Scorsese kind of dealt with it and uh, Dan Brown kind of <laughs> went there in the books but I mean talk about how it's still kind of a Kind of a, it's kind of an edgy little concept. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll okay. say I, Becca okay. can speak to this too, but but I don't think of it as edgy, but uh, but um, because I, I don't I don't think I have an edgy bone in my body, <laughs> <laughs> but um, but it is it is uh, a fun topic to explore, right? It's these missing years from Jesus's life in the Bible, and and we're just sort of saying, what would happen if a girl had a crush on him? And we're certainly not going, you know, the last temptation of Christ route or anything like that um, with this show. And I think it is for people who believe or people who don't believe, you know, we're not out to push the envelope or to, to take pot shots at religion here. Kind of like Jesus Christ Superstar. Anybody can enjoy that one. Right. Or Godspell. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, all right, cool. So it was your brainchild, Cinco. Um, so you do the music and lyrics, um, but but Becca, I know, um, so you're brought in to do do the book. How, do, how does this happen? So Cinco's like, I have this great idea, and Becca, I need you to, to write, you know, the, the quote-unquote scripted parts in between the songs here. How does he recruit you? Yeah, so he um, 
the, the way the, the story goes is that he had kind of started to conceive of it, write a few songs, write a few scenes, and you know, the main character is a young woman. And so he kind of thought to himself, perhaps I should find a woman to collaborate on this with, you know? Um, and I'm, I'm thankful that he, he had that epiphany. Um, and I think he just asked a friend to recommend a few playwrights and um, he read a play of mine and then sent me an email out of nowhere. He actually just found the email um, from like six years ago, which is awesome. Um, and so he sends me this email. I had just seen his movie, Secret Life of Pets, which I loved. Um, so I was excited to talk to him. But even more than that, I had just worked on some plays about Jesus as a teenager for this um, this acting school for, for young people out here in LA. So my brain was already there. So it really <laughs> felt like, it was one of those emails that felt like, you know, divine intervention sort of like, oh, Becca, you need to work on this. Um, so he uh, was had an upcoming uh, kind of concert out here in LA of a couple of songs um, as a part of this festival called Musical, Musical out here. Um, so I went to, went to see it and um, was immediately, you know, hooked and felt like I had to work on it. And then we, between the two of us, just kind of like built it together. Um, over the last six years through a variety of workshops and readings and you know some incredible development opportunities that we've been given to just sit in a room and talk about it and figure out the best way to tell the story. Very cool. And um, one more feedback really quick about the story, the book itself, because I, then and then think I'll bounce back to you for the music. I want to talk about some of the songs, too. But uh, real quick, Becca, I know why does she find that it's easy to get him to fall and then also maybe harder in certain ways? Oh, man. Well, I think that that is the experience, the universal experience of being 16 and, and you know, getting a crush on somebody. At first, it does feel so easy because your feelings come so easily you know you're overcome you're overtaken by your feelings sometimes your feelings don't even really include the other person you know you're just like <laughs> in love with that feeling of being in love and you're in love with the the poems that you're writing for them and all that um but then of course she's in love with Jesus he's not just any other kid um and he's not really you know on this earth to find himself a girlfriend, you know? He hasn't quite um, found his path yet. He, ha he hasn't quite, you know, realized his ultimate calling, but the way that we've conceived him is that he does kind of have a sense that there's something up with his life, you know? There, there's something up with his purpose on earth. So um, he's like the ultimate unattainable dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah right I think but it's easy he's also to get very charming and wonderful and easy to crush on because he's yeah. kind and he's kind of like wise beyond his years and sort of like like you know into into everyone loving each other and and into justice and equality and things that Mary loves so yeah easy to crush on yeah I think it's easy to get Jesus to love you but not easy to get him to love you the way that you want <laughs> if you're <laughs> if you're crushing on him yeah 
Right. And and to your point earlier, it's it's fa- so fascinating because it's in that giant gap of years. But, you know, we everyone knows the, you know, Christmas nativity story and then everyone knows the gospel, you know, when he's in his 30s or whatever and the death and the crucifixion. But you you zero in on that that era of, of young, you know, puppy love, teenage love as a young carpenter and, and Mary as a young. Well, I, I actually, I don't know. How do I even say this? It hasn't gone into the prostitute life at this point or I guess. Ooh, in, in, Cinco. Would you or, like to or is that a spoiler or Topic. No, that's it, that's fake news. Actually, yeah, she is she was news. not a prostitute, and she was misidentified as the woman taken in adultery by one of the popes in like the 16th century, and it yeah. stuck. Wow, ever since. isn't that wild? How that happened? So, yeah, the reality so is fake news she around. was just a kind of a disciple, <laughs> right? Um, yes, yeah. like like a friend of Jesus's. Um, there's a lot of women in the Bible. This is such a common thing. Um, sure that were very important people in Jesus's life that either get, you know, misremembered, mislabeled, or not, not talked about at all, you know? So, um, well, we got to remember it's all written. It's yeah. been written by men for many years. So yeah. exactly. imagine dating all the way back to those Adam and Eve stories, you know, who, who gets painted as the villains throughout this thing? You know, it's pretty disturbing if you ask me. Yeah. That's why I thought, a man shouldn't write this one. Right. <laughs> this this <I> musical. <laughs> I'm glad that you're holding up Mary Magdalene and, you know, undoing all of those, you know, misconceptions. We're hoping. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And putting a, a young woman at the center of a, of a biblical story is just like thrilling to me. Um, I love it. And the reason, one of the main reasons I wanted to, I like said yes before I'd even re- read or seen anything, you know? <laughs> It's just such an exciting opportunity. Very, very, very cool. Um, well, yeah, so that's the book and a lot of the the, the deep themes we're dealing with here. Um, let's go back into the music, Cinco. Um, so remind us some of the, what are some of the standout production, you know, num- musical numbers that we're going to hear here? Um, I, I, obviously, it's a new play, so it's not like people will, will know them by title. But uh, give us a teaser of, you know, two or three of the of the of the big numbers. Yeah, I think even though people obviously don't know the songs, they'll know the influences. I decided very early on that I wanted to pay homage to one of my favorite times in in music, which is 80s and 90s R&B. It just felt right for this show, I think, um, because Mary is young and also the tie to gospel music, you know, that is in R&B. So there's a lot of TLC and En Vogue and Prince and Tony, 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 and um, all, <laughs> all those, sort of, yeah, exactly. All those sort of sounds you'll, uh, you know, Janet Jackson, you'll find in the show. And um, like, there's a there's a song that, that there's these three sort of, Nazarene girls who warn uh, Mary away from Jesus with a song called That Boy, which is very much, um, you know, uh, an en vogue song. <laughs> it's very much, you know, never going to get it, my loving. Um, uh, and, it's, <laughs> and it's in that vibe. And then there's a fantasy sequence in which uh, Mary imagines Jesus crooning to her and it's it's very much as if he were prince you know it's it's a sort of a classic r&b ballad and so so there's a lot of songs where we have just sort of a lot of fun playing with that genre and and juxtaposing it up against you know these biblical tropes that we're so familiar with at least 
even even people who don't read the Bible, I think, are familiar with with the, the basics of the story in the world. So it's it's we have a lot of fun with that. Yeah, all, all of these these icons and themes are and it's pretty ubiquitous either. Yeah, exactly. Even if you're of another religion or no religion, you you know, you know, some of these main plot points in the story, at least. Um, yeah. Thanks for running me through the through the music. And I love that, you know, it's R&B. That's fantastic. That's stuff I grew up on. So it'd be cool to uh, apply <laughs> yeah. that, you know, boys to men in vogue sound to this era. Um, Cool. Well, tell me who's um who, who who's playing our Mary and our Jesus. Who are the stars? So Mary Magdalene is played by this uh, young woman named Phoenix Best, who is incredible. She has an amazing voice. She uh, is got great comedic skills. She's been in, she did Les Mis, she did The Color Purple, she did Dear Evan Hansen. And, um, and then Jesus is played by Ben Fankhauser, who's another Broadway staple, who's just amazing. He's, he's, he's literally, the perfect Jesus because he's this nice Jewish boy who sings R&B like crazy. <laughs> and so yeah, he's perfect for our show. He's been in, in Newsies and, you know, I think he was also in Beautiful, the Carol King musical. He's he's done a lot of stuff. We've got an incredible cast. It sounds freaking great. Um, and then I guess sort of before we run, um, the only other, you know, the other piece element of this we haven't discussed is sort of visually what we see i know we're a radio station so try to paint a visual with <laughs> your words if you can but what do we see in terms of you know set design you know you like period you know biblical era costumes or what do we see visually i'm actually so cinco should answer this because because i'm back in la right now um i'm coming back tomorrow but what i've seen they've been sending me little sneak pictures and um what i saw of the designs when when i was there and what i've seen in these pictures it's it's quite stunning because it honors the time period and is very grounded in the time period but there's also color and life which which just makes it feel a little bit contemporary and really sets the stage for our tone. Um, and it's just like vibrant and fun. Does that feel right, Cinco? You tell me, That's... you've been sitting in the theater for millions <laughs> of years now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's exactly it. And I think that's important for the comedy to play. You have to feel yeah. like you're really there, but also it does have, it's very colorful and has a, a contemporary vibe to it. But the set is amazing. It's, there's a giant turntable, it spins around. It's, it's all this old, you know, buildings and homes made of rock. And uh, it just, it, it looks as, as good as, every other aspect of it as a, as good as it sounds etc cetera, etc cetera. any stained glass and i know i see stained glass in the logo <laughs> <laughs> yeah stained glass uh i don't think was a thing in ad 16. <laughs> yeah. so uh not yet the, yeah not yet yeah. i want to give a shout out to our choreographer katie spellman who is basically just like making your favorite music video for every number of this show um <laughs> The, the, the choreography is so delicious and so fun. Um, and yeah, she, she just worked on um, Moulin Rouge on Broadway. So she knows what she's doing. Yeah, um, and our director, and Stephen Brackett, you know, who, who directed Be More Chill on Broadway uh, is, has also done a phenomenal job. Yeah, we love him. You, you just rattled off some of the part of the, you know, the, the creative team, the crew and everything to just, um, you know, 
dote on Alney Theater for a second and why is that why that's been such a perfect place, a welcoming place to stage this. Oh man, well well Jason, um, the artistic director, the only saw a, a stage reading of the first act of this, um, I think in 2017 or 18, and um immediately fell in love with it as much as we love it and has supported us ever since that day. And just his unwavering support and, and belief in this show is not something you really experience um, as a creative, especially in, in the theater. So that it's not lost on us. I, I'm, I'm just, I feel so grateful um, for their support and for a chance to make a play right now. It, I still can't believe it's actually happening. It's, it's thrilling. Yeah, I, we're thrilled to be here. And Jason, Lois, and the Olneys, their support has been so meaningful and uh, and so great to, to be supported by someone who really gets the show. You know, as Becca says, that's not always the case. So I feel like we really uh, hit the jackpot here. Oh, only theater. It's it's second to none. It's it's the perfect spot for this. And um, I guess my before we run, I guess my listeners would kill me if I at least don't ask about, you know, your your both of your famous, you know, credentials here. So I guess, <laughs> Becca, we'll start with you. You know, this is us. It's you know, it's in its final, you know, run final season here. But um, just remind us really quick on, on, you know, your involvement with that and how is it is it bittersweet saying goodbye to it? Well, it is, but I worked on the first three seasons. I do not. Oh, so work you've already on it said anymore. goodbye. To I, I remain a loyal fan, though. <laughs> I, I watch every week while texting all of the other writers who are still really dear friends of mine. So I'm a fan at this point. So I'm I am sad. <laughs> I am sad. Um, but I also just worked on um, Made on Netflix. Nice. Um, I was a writer and producer on that show. And then I've also got a musical adaptation of The Notebook with Ingrid Michaelson that's going to be running at Chicago Shakes in the fall. Nice. So do you actually There's have to plugs. you have to collaborate with Nicholas Sparks on that, or is it? Or is um, we kind of always. Yeah, from the beginning, we just kind of like had the rights to the book, and he was kind of like go with God. So we've really made something. Um, you really use the book as a, spring, as a springboard and made something new. Yeah, Nicholas Park says go with God, so you do AD 16 at all. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's <laughs> Becca's motto with everything, go with God. Yeah, they That's say go exactly. with God, and you say, no, I'll go with the Son of God on this one. <laughs> um, exactly. Cool. Well, thanks for that background. And then for you, Cinco, just to round it out, um, remind us, our listeners of your background, how, how the hell did you come up with the idea for Despicable Me? You invented all these characters. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, the the grain of the idea came from this Spanish animator named Sergio Pablos, which was like a villain adopts three little girls. And so then we took that and ran with it. And, you know, and I, I don't want to take credit or blame entirely for the minions either, because uh, the director of the movies, you know, really designed those characters. But but yeah, that's been sort of a once in a lifetime career experience to to have a movie like Despicable Me take off the way it did and you know spawn two sequels and um and so that animation career was was such a great part of my life and so much fun but then it was time to move on and TV looked so interesting so that's how Schmigadoon happened and and I'm hoping that we're going to get a season two because I would love to to make more of that show. We had just such a phenomenal cast and it was such a great time. And yeah. And so everything I do from now on, I want there to be songs in it. That's my new goal. 
<laughs> nice. Yeah. And and I don't want to say, are you were you surprised that it was such a hit? Because obviously you make everything hoping that it will connect. But I guess we'll say, were you, you know, were you were you pleased? Are you are you proud to see that this this German of idea of an idea that you that you believed in that that so many people connected with Schmigadoon? Yeah, that's it. it really and becca i'm sure feels the same way the only thing you can do is write the sort of things that you would want to watch yourself and and pray that other people want to watch it as well and so the whole time we were making the show i kept thinking this is crazy like how is apple letting us make this show and um and i think even apple was surprised by the response i know they were because because they were not expecting it to be as well received as it was and i think people sometimes underestimate how appealing musicals are to people you know how many people really love musicals and are starved for that sort of content so uh it's been a dream come true uh that we got to make it and and uh, hopefully we'll get to make some more I mean, it's a it's a good point, but in in so many ways, this this past year has it has proven at least. I mean, Broadway it's always been a thing, but this it, it at least at the movies. I mean, we've had what like Cyrano um, or Cyrano, I guess you would say uh, in yeah. the in the Heights, uh, in Canto, Tick Tick Boom, West Side Story, Annette. Yeah, There's so many. Dear Evan Hansen. Yeah, yeah. Um, best movie of the year, in my opinion, is West Side Story. I I just loved it, and uh, yeah, sort of a Last year was a, a renaissance of musicals everywhere. It really was. Well, the renaissance continues at Only Theater. <laughs> That's right. Best segue I can do. <laughs> at, um, uh, with AD 16 uh, running now through March 6th. So get your tickets now. Hey, thank you both so much for joining us. Um, it's it's a really, really cool uh, idea. So we can't wait to see how, how it's executed. Pun, pun not intended, I did not even mean that. <laughs> <laughs> Great, uh, thanks so much for having us, Jason. Yeah, thank you, hope to see you there. All right, sounds good, appreciate it. Thanks so much for joining us on Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Remember to hit the subscribe button and give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time. I wanted to take a second to tell you about an app I really enjoy. Living in the D.C. area is great, and Podcast D.C. gathers all of the local shows that I like all in one local app. Health, sports, local news, politics, and so much more. Podcast D.C. is the new local app with hundreds of D.C. area podcasts to choose from. I can earn exciting rewards just for listening and share the podcasts I love instantly. Available in the App Store or in Google Play, listen local with Podcast D.C.